This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Nally. Our guest this week is Arico Arricchio, chairman of the Consortium for Common Food Names. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the American Sugar Alliance. America's sweetest industry creates jobs and provides a sustainably produced food ingredient. Learn more at sugaralliance.org. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Arico Arricchio with the Consortium for Common Food Names next. America's sugar farming families and workers pride themselves on making sure Americans always have reliable access to this affordable and essential ingredient. U.S. sugar industry is a job creator and economic driver in rural and urban communities across this great nation, supporting more than 151,000 jobs and contributing more than $23 billion to the economy each year. America's sweetest industry is supported by a sugar policy that costs taxpayers nothing. Learn more about how a strong U.S. sugar policy supports a sustainable and efficient food supply chain by visiting sugaralliance.org. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Arrico Arricchio brought his family's tradition of making fine Italian cheese to the United States in the late 1970s. He is the founder and president of Belgioso Cheese, a European consortium to enforce geographic indicators, is now limiting U.S. food companies from access to global markets. Arico is now chair of the U.S. Consortium for Common Food Names and says the U.S. came to the battle much too late. Jeff, the issue of the names is, uh, has been a long battle. You know. uh, that's why in 2012, more or less, we started the Consortium of Common Food Names. Uh, lucky was that uh, you know, I met Jaime Castaneda, that was, you know, took the issue very much to his heart, and then some other people in the consortium, like Shona, that uh, Shona that works, you know, for many years and knows all the issues. In 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 a nutshell, you know, the names there are generic names. See, our our view of things is that there are some names that are generic, means that are not. Uh, cannot be reserved, cannot be patent. You know, in the States, we use the concept of patent. You know, you can, if you come up with a name that is unique and nobody has used it before, you can register the name. And then becomes you to you, yours to use. In, the, in the Italy, they've, they've taken common names and registered them. Basically, that's what the Europeans have done common name of cheese, whose name was generic, used by many producers. You cannot have a patent name that used by many producers. So what they did, they created a consortium that have the ownership of the name, and they let the people use it. So the name is not owned by the producer. The producer uses the name in Italy. There's no relation between the producer and the name that the consortium protects. The consortium have subsidies from the in this the consortium are supported very much in terms of dollars and legislation by you know the local governments and the EU in general. But these are names that are common names. They are not names that were as somebody registered to start with. I'll give you an example. Parmesan. 
Parmesan is an English name. has nothing to do with the cheese that they make in Italy. Because in Italy, well, it's, a, we go, it's more complicated. But anyway, but they pretend, the Europeans, that the name Parmesan, that is not even an Italian name, is reserved only to the cheese made under the control of the consortium. Not the producer. The consortium is the person, the entity that has control of the name. As a matter of fact, there are five, six hundred producers of Parmesan who produce using the name owned and protected by the consortium. But was a generic name before the consortium was formed. Do you think the European Union's effort to enforce geographic uh, indicators in names, and they've attempted this in a number of different trade negotiations and even now trying to enforce further. Do you think this is coming from the people of Europe, or is this coming from the government of Europe? Hey, that's a, a bot, really bot, because, you know, in Italy, for example, there's a long tradition of corporations you know, think of here, you know, here I give you an example that came in the mail. You know, to, to be an hairdresser, you need a license, okay? To be a plumber, you need a license. In Italy, most, the concept of a corporation that controls a trade, a thing, has been there since a century. They are not really free like we, uh, like we used to be. Now we are a little less. But, but you know, there is a, the concept of protecting uh, a little like the union. I mean, there is the corporation concept of protecting your trade, your business from competition. See, that is imbued, and the government plays along. The other thing that you have to that I mean, this is also interesting, is that when the, the common market was formed, Italy had a good, uh, how can I say, agriculture business and uh, a, a decent, not too good, industrial business. So the Fiat, you know, uh, Alfa Romeo, you know, and other companies that were industrial companies. In order to protect the growing industry, you know, of Fiat and so forth, they gave up a lot of things in agriculture. Instead, the agriculture in Italy has been damaged by the carbon market. So it's not as good as it used to be before Italy joined the common market. So anyway, so that's why I think they, there is a little protectionism built in, in, the, in the people, and the government does, goes along. The government tries to protect. You know, there are subsidies. You know, so this consortium gets money from the government to promote the names, to defend the names. It doesn't come from a single person comes from the government. All this is government-funded. So you were instrumental in forming and now chair the Consortium for Common Food Names, yes. which is obviously a challenge uh, to yes. the consortium from the European Union. Yes, yes. Why, why did you form this, and how many people have joined this effort? Okay, uh, uh, Jeff, uh, I realized, okay, being, coming from Italy and seeing what was happening, you see, when we started, when we uh, promoted the, the start of the consortium, 
we were on the verge of losing names like Parmesan. Italy was trying to reserve the word Parmesan to them. Fontina. You know, all these, all these names that we thought, because we were not aware. United States, there was absolutely no awareness of what was going on international trade and in the United States. We have been able to preserve the use of the names, most of them, in the United States with the consortium. Unfortunately, the government, U.S. government, has not been quick in, in trades. Europe has been very quick in negotiating trades deal with several nations in which they put forth the issue of names and they reserve to themselves the use of the names. We found out late, we were late to the part, you see, because there was no awareness. We never thought that a generic, I mean, a generic name could be made protected or registered. So the consortium, we started, so we protect the name in the United States, which now we can freely, like Gorgonzola. And the name Gorgonzola, Europe has tried, tried and succeeded, unfortunately, in bilateral agreement with many nations to reserve the name Gorgonzola to them. So there are nations that have not signed the agreement or don't have a bilateral agreement with Europe that where we can export Gorgonzola, the cheese with the name Gorgonzola. And there are nations where we cannot do that because they've signed agreements that they will recognize the name Gorgonzola only to the cheese produced in Italy. So we have, the consortium has done a job of raising the awareness. Okay, the politicians in the States didn't know anything about this. So we have made presentations to different secretaries of culture, you know, negotiators, you know, trade negotiators, in order to make them aware of this that was not was not on the radar, was totally ignored. <laughs> and so a lot of work has been done, but, but there is a lot to do. Very difficult to form a trade relationship, even more difficult to unwind a trade negotiation yes. that you weren't involved in from yes. the beginning. No. So we I should, not involved. I should we ask not. this, is this only about cheese and dairy products, or does this... Uh, this effort that the Europeans have employed with geographic indicators, does this also include other food, pro other yes, food it does. products? It does. it does include other products like uh, meat product, uh, wine. You know, wine is a special category by itself. No, they've tried to impose this on many things. Obviously, once the, the, the common names are taken, they too have to go to more composite names. See, because one thing is to say, for example, mozzarella. You know, they were tried also with mozzarella. Thank God they didn't go very far. But, for example, they have registered mozzarella di bufala campana. So adding two, three uh, addition to the name, that can be done, and we respect that. We don't respect the appropriation, what would have been the appropriation of the term mozzarella. See, but you can add some... Uh, clarification, some extra, I don't know, I don't know English too well, I don't know, if you say mozzarella di bufala campana, which means that comes from a region of Italy, that is an accepted uh, name from us, because 
typifies a specific cheese and does infringe on the genericity of mozzarella. Like, you know, Parmigiano-Reggiano is another big one. We recognize the name Parmigiano-Reggiano, but we do not recognize the unicity of the name Parmesan because it doesn't refer to any region. I understand. So if, for example... I decided to start a cheese company, and we called it Jeff's Cheese. But suddenly on the shelf, I am now advertising Belgioso Mozzarella. You're probably not going to be upset with the name Mozzarella, but the fact that I'm using your proper name, I'm going to guess you've got a rub with that. Yes. Yes, because that's the way we understand the, the, the trademark, uh, you know, the registration. You must be, see, if in order to register Jeff Cheese or whatever, you must be the first to use the term Jeff, and nobody else must be using it for that type of product. So if you want to start a car by the name Ford, you can't. <laughs> but if you want to start a cheese, maybe Ford, maybe you can, if Ford has not registered the name Ford for the cheese. So there is a certain latitude of what you can do, because you do, the goal is not to co- confuse the customer, the consumer, which is what we believe. Like you, This is your, your, was your first question. We don't believe that people that buy, for example, Gorgonzola, believe that comes from Italy. They think Gorgonzola is a cheese with blue veins, you know, the mold and a certain type of flavor. They do not in any way associate that name to only with the cheese coming from Italy. Actually, they know that comes from the United States. <laughs> so now, how does the Europeans' effort to enforce geographic indicators in existing trade deals and future trade deals, does that threaten your company? Does that threaten your future? Well, uh, in, in ex, not in the United States, I would say that the things are pretty much settled. We are now protected. We have protected the, the names that are generic, and we can produce and sell with, without major challenge, I would say, cheesy United States. In the other countries, it depends. If you are exporting already, Sometimes they've made provision to allow the previous exporter to export. If you want to be open in that market, then you will be damaged. And, you know, I believe that the United States has not been very much involved in exporting. In general, not only uh, uh, cheeses, but because our market is so big and there are so, uh, so, so many consumers that, uh, you know, export is never seen as a priority for many companies. While, you know, if you think of Europe or smaller countries, smaller market, for them export is a big part of their sales. So they are much more focused on exporting than we are. But we are very quality, we are very competitive, so export will become more important for United States producers of every type because we can be competitive in terms of price and quality. So your, your question is, uh, the future always blocks you in the future. That's what it does. doesn't allow you to create a new market in some of the nations where we were late to stop from signing this bilateral agreement with the, with the Europe.
would it have been easier for the U.S. government had we still been involved in what was the Trans-Pacific Partnership or even now through the WTO and multinational trade uh, negotiations uh, to protect geographic indicators or at least limit the uh, the uh, the effort of the Europeans uh, in this effort? I know we should have been more aware uh, 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And this is, uh, again, the consortium, consortium of common food names. Uh, that's when we started, uh, you know, uh, fighting. That's when we started the fight. We were in the forerunner. Because I knew the Italians, what they were trying to do in Italy, and I was here. So I knew. That's why I ended up being the, pre- the, the chairman, because I knew the evil thoughts of the Italians and the Europeans, and they knew our situation here. So I, I was, uh, how can I say, I was aware maybe before other people of the situation that was uh, being created by these agreements. So what can be done now? What would you ask of the U.S. government? What can the private sector, through the consortium of common food names, what can you accomplish? We have to, uh, okay, we have to ask stronger actions. Uh, the action now, you know, there is a var- uh, different level. Obviously, uh, fighting with, uh, you know, legally wherever we can, but also, you know, don't forget, United States, it's a major market for European products, especially cheeses. So <laughs> we should almost, <laughs> you know, if they don't, uh, they don't open up. Oh, by the way, we can barely. We are basically forbidden from exporting to Europe. No cheese, or very, I don't know of anybody of the American producers who exports to Europe. Because there are very high duties, very bad regulation, while a lot of European cheeses come to the United States. So we should ask equal treatment. So we should not let their cheeses in if they don't let our cheeses in. You see, there will be, the, the, I say, the atomic option. <laughs> Everything else would help, but they are not going to be easily convinced that they have to open up their market and maybe some of these bilateral deals to cheeses made in the United States. How do you convince them? They have the upper hand right now. So we can only try to, uh, to uh, we have to do some action. The government has to put pressure on Europe to recognize that uh, some names are generic and they have to open it up. And don't, don't, because don't, they, we have two barriers to go in Europe. One is the names and one is the duties and the regulations. So there is a double barrier even if it was not the name, it would be almost impossible. Let's take a cheese that provolone. Let's take provolone, which is a cheese that, technically speaking, could enter in Europe. But the, the duties and the, and the bureaucracy such that you cannot export. Are there any concerns that you have uh, with regard to the dairy, uh, the milk that you buy from U.S. producers, and what would you suggest is the quality of the product here that you begin with compared to the quality of product you might find from a European dairy farm? <laughs> That's a terrible question. It's totally wrong. 
I tell, no, I'm joking, but okay. There is the conception that European cheeses are, are superior to the American cheeses, but that's not true. That's absolutely not true. You can make a cheese as good as here or better. If you know there are, you know, if you take, uh, like we were talking, for example, Parmigiano Reggiano before, there are 600 producers. Do you think that they are all good? There are maybe 100 that make a very good cheese, uh, 200 make a decent, and some that don't make a good cheese. See what I'm saying? The, the quality of the cheese does not. First of all, the milk is the main ingredient. And the milk here is the, the cows are Holstein here, Frisian, and Holstein Frisian in, in Europe. So there is no difference. Why should we be able to make the cheese the same or better if we want? Or, or slightly different if the markets were slightly different? The market determines the cheese and the value and the price, not the fact that if people want to pay more for the Italian cheese, it's fine. But maybe they want to pay more for our cheeses because they prefer the taste. Enrico, the name of this program is Open Mic, and I certainly appreciate your willingness to take time to share with us your family history, uh, give us a lesson in cheese making, if you will, but also to share uh, the challenges that you and other food makers are facing with the geographic indicators that the Europeans are forcing. But the name of the program is Open Mic. So you have the opportunity here to talk to consumers and legislators and, and others across the country. And, and a final word on this issue, either either on behalf of your company or on behalf of the consortium. It, the mic is yours. That. Oh, Baba Mia, then I say too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh. no, again, the fight has to go on. Because we make good cheeses, not only my company that is Belgioioso Cheese, but there are many other companies. They make good cheeses. We won international award in, in, in many countries. Uh, you know, like in London, there is international contest. We won many prizes. Other American companies won many prizes. So it's uh, <laughs> the fight has to go on. That's all I can say. We are not giving up. But it's, uh, <laughs> again, we have good people in the consortium. You know that uh, seven hundred. Well, you asked before, seven hundred people are part of the consortium from different from many nations of, uh, of the world, not only Americans, and we have to fight. And the government has to support us. They have to present this issue to the counterpart in Europe, and, uh, and we have to continue the fight. Our thanks to Enrico Arricchio, chairman of the Consortium for Common Food Names, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the American Sugar Alliance. America's sweetest industry creates jobs and provides a sustainably produced food ingredient. Learn more at sugaralliance.org. For AgriPulse, I'm Jack Daly.